0: welcome to the executive real estate investing show this podcast is for you the busy business owner or executive looking to create generational wealth here we're going to show you how to do that through real estate investing from multifamily to industrial and everything in between you will become a real estate investing expert and now here's your host michael holman hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the executive real estate investing show i'm your host michael holman and today we got a really exciting episode. This is a person who specializes in lending via credit unions. His name is Mark Ritter. He's the CEO of MBFS. Really excited to have him on the show, has some great insights, right? And really, the thing that people don't understand, and, and he outlines this perfectly, right, is when you get into credit unions or when you get into lending specifically, right, the the bigger the lending or the more creative, there really is a lot of negotiation, right? It's not, a loan is not a loan is not a loan, right? I mean, a lot of people look at these like car loans or credit cards, right? It's like, yeah, I submit an application. I'm either approved or not approved in 10 seconds because they have some algorithm that says whether this happens or not. And that's not true, right? Every loan, every lender is very different as you start getting into larger spaces, right? Especially in real estate. There's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of communication. And one credit union, one lender, one bank is not the same as all the other lenders out there, right? And so I love how he's going to get into this. So definitely stick around for this episode. If you haven't yet, go ahead and hit subscribe to the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. We'd love to have you follow along with us. Every single week, because we love getting new followers. We love it when people come in and just really dive into the show, right? We've had a lot of great people on there and a lot of really great advice. So go ahead and hit subscribe. Also, leave us a rating and review, right? We love hearing your feedback and your comments. And lastly, go out and check out our website, executivereishow.com drop us a question, right? You can ask an executive question on there. You can subscribe to the newsletter, all sorts of cool things. You can go ahead and check that out, executivereishow.com. And to get started today, we're going to start with our executive tip. Today's executive tip is exactly what I was saying earlier. I jumped the gun, but I'm going to reiterate it here, right? When you are looking for a loan and whether that's, a small business loan, whether that's a real estate loan, whatever the loan might be, you need to understand not all lenders are the same and not all loans are the same, right? People get discouraged oftentimes when they get rejected by a loan or by a lender the first time. Well, guess what? If I quit after being rejected by a specific lender, I would not get any deals done. I wouldn't, have, you know, the first 10 deals I ever did would have never gotten done. And the reason being is because every lender has different appetites, right? They cater to different individuals, right? If you're just barely getting started and you go and you're like, hey, I got my very first multifamily loan that I need and you're going to go out and go to some giant bank that caters to the largest real estate operators in the entire country, you you know, there's just not a fit. Of course, you're going to get rejected there, right? And so that is the advice today, right? Understand that not all lenders are the same, not all loans are the same right and and sometimes that necessitates sometimes if you don't know you might have to go to multiple lenders but guess what you're going to get it figured out you're going to pivot and you can get this done right so let's get into this today's episode with Mark Ritter hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the executive real estate investing show as always i'm your host Michael Holman and we are joined today with Mark Ritter Mark, you know, reading your profile, talking with you a little bit, it appears like you are just the person who knows all things credit unions is really what I started to get at as I looked at this. And it's really exciting. Actually, I deal with a lot of credit unions. We talk with a lot of credit unions, and I feel it's almost like this thing that nobody really understands or talks about exactly how to deal with these credit unions, right? You just think banks. I mean, the credit unions almost just get lumped in with banks. So I'm really excited to get into things today. Uh, Mark, before we begin, though, I'd love to let everybody hear about yourself. Why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Mark Ritter, and I'm the CEO
1: of MBFS. And we are what's called a business lending CUSO, which is a credit union service organization. And myself, as I talk to you, I'm in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania in the coal region and uh, was a Penn State grad uh, (laughs) at the the time there and and really got into the whole banking world and uh, over a little over 20 years ago, kind of morphed into the credit union just because I love uh,
0: dealing with community lending and been there ever since. That's awesome. Well, Penn State, that's a great school, great place to come from. Uh, and and I noticed in your bio, it appears like you know before joining Penn State, you were you were big into football. Oh
1: yeah, I I, I, I love football. As, uh, as I hate to say it more than credit unions. Yeah, I played. <laughs> I, I, I I grew up in uh, what what not a very glamorous town. And I always say if anybody's seen the movie All the Right Moves, uh, <laughs> the old high school football film from the eighties, that's where I grew up. And and then from there, actually, the reason I got to go to Penn State is one of the coaches came through and offered me a job to work for the team. Uh, And they ended up paying me more money than I would if I would have went and played college football somewhere. So uh, yeah, I spent four years at Penn State and my last year was there, Uh, was ended with Penn State's first Big Ten championship and uh, first Rose Bowl win
0: in the mid-90s. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, I, I must say, speaking of college football a little bit, I'm, I'm just excited because my college football team is finally about to join a, a Power Five conference. So uh, I, I went to Brigham Young University, BYU, right? We've kind of been this independent thing for the last little bit. I'm just excited. We're now joining the Big 12. We can thank Texas and Oklahoma for, uh, for their departure. Uh, we'll see how it goes from there and that's know.
1: gonna that's gonna be great for their rivalries, for the profile. get some get the consistent uh, teams on there every year. Get the rivalries going again. So
0: exactly, exactly. So while I just had to throw that in there while we're talking about college football. and it's and as we sit today as we're recording, uh, it was just barely selection Sunday. So it's all things college sports right now. I love it. Yes. We should just ditch the real estate investing and we you and I could just talk college sports for 30 minutes. And we could talk for <laughs> hours instead of 30 minutes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Mark, one of the things that you'd kind of mentioned uh, as you were going through this, right, is you made this switch from, from banking to credit unions because you really loved that community lending feel. Talk to me more about that, right? What what kind of caused you to go from the you know the banking industry to the community lending world? Sure, Sure. I was in the uh, the, in the
1: banking business and doing well, and it was your typical banking career. And I was work actually working and doing a lot of consulting. And the, after 9-11, the, the company that I was working for, uh, you know, like many other companies, it virtually came to a standstill overnight. And so that's when I started to re-examine and figure out what I wanted to do. And at the time, credit unions were virtually non-existent into commercial lending, but, uh, a few years before that, a law was allowed a pass that allowed credit unions to finally get into business lending and commercial lending with some scale. And and really prior to that time, every town had first national bank of whatever, first community bank, but Mm -hmm. all of those were disappearing. And, you know, I, growing up uh, in, in a factory town, my father always joined, uh, the, he was always part of the local credit union and used to always tell me my credit union was there for me, and I had absolutely no idea what that meant growing, <laughs> up, uh, growing up as a kid, but it, it triggered me to start looking into the credit union space just because I love what I do, I love helping businesses. I love helping real estate investors, but I I didn't want to get to that big bank mentality. I like wanted to get that situation in there. So it was a great opportunity. The timing couldn't have been better for anything I've ever done in my life because it was this untapped industry with just thousands and thousands of institutions. There's many times more. Credit unions than banks. So I started up a uh, commercial lending program at a credit union. And it was great because I didn't know what I didn't know. And I just jumped in. We had nothing, no policies, procedures, systems, (laughs) business members, anything. Um, But it was just like, hey, let's figure it out. Uh, It was a very entrepreneurial time in my life. And I was at this credit union for 10 years. And we really grew it from zero, just an idea, to when the by the time I left, we were fourth in the country among federal credit unions in the number of loans that we held Uh, and and credit unions. If if you if you've ever been around credit unions, they are cooperative financial institutions. We got to talk about really what differentiates that credit unions love to work with each other and other credit unions which is really the whole genesis for the company that I'm at now, MBFS. We're a bunch of credit unions working together so that we can bring loans better, faster, stronger, cheaper to uh, real estate investors all across America.
0: I I love it. And there's so many things in there. I mean, uh, one of the things that you just kind of mentioned, that I just want to touch on. Right, is like when you got into this credit union for the first time, there was nothing. Right, no policies, no procedures. And isn't it funny how there's there's usually a point in all of our careers that you kind of have the opportunity to say, I'm gonna tackle this super just unknown path, right, where there's nothing laid before me, or I'm gonna go down this safer path, right, and and depending on who you are and what your goals are, right? Either path could be good. But uh, as I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business people, um, some of the best experiences and the they look back and they say the turning point in their careers are usually when they hit that fork in the road to where they say, I have to go create something out of nothing, right? And all of a sudden it's like all the light bulbs start going on. You start feeling empowered because you know, you, you've created something from nothing. You, you've done that. You can do it again. You know how the process works. And that's really like a turning point in a lot of people's careers, i found. It's really fascinating because, you know, I have teenagers
1: now and I always try to talk with them about the different paths you can go on life. You, you can bet on yourself and, and, and try to fail. And if you're going to fail, it's better to fail when you're young uh, as opposed to my <laughs> age now. And, and but it's okay to tr- it's okay to try and fail, uh, as long as you do it on a fast basis and figure that out and try something else. And this credit union space, when I, when I, the more I dug into it, I knew people love their credit unions. If, if you ask anybody uh, to tell me about their credit union, usually they have a pretty favorable impression. Uh, nobody's out there protesting on their on the streets against their local credit union like it is <laughs> Wall Street. So, I love But it. yeah, but yeah I, it was it was really this uh, a great time to jump on an industry that was just growing. You know, and last year credit unions funded more than forty billion dollars in commercial loans, uh, and, and people just don't think about it because most of the time they're just thinking, "Well, I can get a car loan," and they really don't know anything about. It what a credit union is
0: otherwise. So talk to us about the type of loans that, that, you know, you get from these credit unions. I mean, you said, you know, MBFS, they, they group these credit unions and provide these loans, right? What types of loans are, are you getting? Is there like a specific niche or is there a size or, or what are the types of loans that, that uh, credit unions are offering? I'll back up and just kind of define who I am a little bit
1: more because sometimes that's the most confusing piece. Yeah, yeah. MBFS is a company that's owned by 12 credit unions. And we work with close to 100 different credit unions to provide uh, if you want a mortgage for your house, that's great. If you want a car, that's great. I don't do that. I'm just the commercial and investment guy. Okay, we, we do. It, what's nice is when people ask me, what do credit unions do? Um, other than some really exotic asset-based lending, uh, it, it's really kind of all of the above. Um, a lot of our business is your traditional multifamily, uh, the office space, the retail centers. and, 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 and But we also will work with the small piece, like say you have a job and you're an executives and you want to start to diversify for your future income we love to work with that first-time investor to help build them up maybe it's just a simple rental property that you're doing mm-hmm. so we work with the smallest of the smalls and, and and really kind of can grow up to that whereas this year Uh, You know, we've done some 20 plus million dollar transactions in the credit union space, and we've done $150,000 transactions in the credit union space. We'll also, we're also heavy into the small business world. So if you have your day job as a business we do all sorts of small business financing. We do the fast, quick loans. We do SBA loans. But really, you know, probably 80% uh, of our business is that core investment real estate into helping either the business uh, grow and and lease it back to themselves or your supplemental income for real estate investors.
0: I love it. I love it. There's, there's, I love the idea because I, you know, even just personally, right? Like I do a lot of my personal banking at a, at a credit union, right? There's a really large, there's a couple of really large ones here in Utah that actually, um, you know, compete with a lot of the community banks and things like that. Um, and so I think that people love the idea of continuing that relationship on, it's kind of comfortable, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that personally uh, do their business at a credit union, And to be able to continue that relationship on into their investing world, normally there's like a big jump there, right? Oh, I got to go from my credit, my local credit union where I do all my local, you know, uh, banking and business and everything, all the way now I got to go work with Wells Fargo to try and get a a loan for, uh, you know, fiveplex. And that's that oftentimes I think feels like a daunting task. So I like this like transitional. Uh, piece where it's like, Hey, you're still working with the same guys that you, you know, essentially you go get your car loans from, uh, just on a little bit bigger scale. I love that. Well, you're, you're lucky in that you have
1: in Utah is filled with some of the best credit unions in America. They, they do great job and they do a great job helping out, uh, real estate investors and businesses, particularly in that with SBA loans. But a lot of times, people don't realize what a credit union is, and it's a not-for-profit financial cooperative. You know, when you look at it, it has an ATM, the teller line, drive-through windows. You know, I, I, hey, let's face it, money's money, um, and uh, you know, my, my car uh, car loan at a credit union isn't that much more exotic than uh, any other car loan at a bank <laughs> or one of the fi- finance. But the difference is really that philosophy of doing what's best for the cooperative and doing what's best for the member and growing with them. And you, you've done this dance enough. Where else is it easiest to get that relationship expanded than where you have an existing relationship? hmm. And there's over 125 million Americans who belong to credit unions. And, you know, many of them, and, and, and this is why I love to, I enjoy doing the podcast talks because many of them don't even think about con- knocking on the door of the, one of their local credit unions
0: when they need that help. Yeah, So so let's say, I am right uh you know I I have my day job. We'll we'll say you know I'm a developer, huh, you know. I'm a real estate developer by day, but I want to go purchase, you know, uh, I don't know, a fourplex or a fiveplex or something personally on my own. Uh I'm looking at credit unions. What are like what are the keys? Are they are they what are the keys for getting that loan? Are they really that much different than your typical banks or, or is, is it, it's essentially the same. Tell us kind of about that, you know, give and take on working with a credit union versus a traditional lender. Sure. When it comes to the nuts and bolts of lending,
1: you know, we're a federally regulated financial institution. Banks are federally regulated tiny financial institutions. My list of documents that I need is identical to probably nine out of 10 banks out of there. We need your projections and rent rolls and personal tax returns and a personal financial state and all of those boring things. (laughs) That's the easy part, but really what differentiates the credit unions uh, is really kind of, is really two factors out there. First of all, it's the accessibility to decision makers and the conversations. I've never had somebody tell me they went to a credit union, they had that process. And and and, and sometimes I wish we could give everybody the answer they want all the time for every situation, but at least we can have that conversation. If you want access to the executives at the credit union to talk about what you need, generally you can get it. If you want access to and understanding their process and meeting the people behind it, you can get it. There's nothing worse than giving your package and it goes into the black box at headquarters and spits out an answer in the decisions. The other piece that I like about credit unions is we can be flexible on the terms. Um, and, And one of the big reasons, is that credit unions generally are lending their own money. Where if you look at a credit union balance sheet, they're usually lending out somewhere between 80 and 90 cents of the of deposits in loans. So we're not out there borrowing the money from Wall Street that's going to cause us to lock in with prepayments and really rigid terms and conditions. Nothing a federal credit union do can ever have a prepayment penalty, which for which for real estate investors can be gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So in and, and that where we're where we're lending out our own money as opposed to borrowing money and doing a lot of exotic financial moves where we're really Beholden to the money, and you have to look at where where is your
0: lender getting their money. I have okay. You just hit on two super super important things that I don't think most people understand. Right? These are things that even I've dealt with, you know, in my business over the last few years. And that first one is the access to the decision makers. Just so that everybody who's listening understands. This is extremely important, especially as you get bigger and you start doing more and more deals, or especially as you get, you know, sometimes I know we've had a couple of creative deals, right? That just need some explaining. So the access to the decision makers is huge. I can give you example after example after example about how it is always better to work with the decision makers than to work with a bigger company. I mean, I have spent, I find that the companies or the, the lenders who I can talk to the, the president of the bank or the president of the credit union, nine times out of 10, right, that loan is going to go through. But it does, it falls into this black box with these bigger lenders, right? I You get into like the regional lenders or even the national lenders. You're not talking to the bank president. You're not talking to anyone, you know, 10 steps down from him. You interface with, with a loan officer or, or a um, originator and that's it, right? And they go to everybody. You don't get access to the underwriters. You don't get access to any of the people, right? They just kind of go into this, into this cave and do their thing and out comes an answer and your loan officer comes out and tells you yay or nay. Many people look at
1: lending institutions as just this homogenous industry where they're lending money and it's the same as everybody else. You really have to treat yourself as an equal to the institution and understand their culture. Yeah, there's, and and even that way in the credit union space, I'd like to say every credit union can help everybody for every type of situation, but that's not always the case. You really need to treat them more like a restaurant. There are restaurants that cater to the high end. There's ones that give you fast, quick, cheap, and easy, and there's everything in between. You really have to understand the culture of the person that you're talking to and what they're selling. See, and I love that. Yeah. If you don't understand what the restaurant is that you're at, you're going to be confused when the food comes out (laughs) and you really need to look as your lender as in that same scenario to say, who is this? What are they selling? What are their, what is their culture? Who are they trying to reach? Because uh, not everybody does everything for everybody and that's okay. Okay. Um, but you really have to find that person that's a fit for you and how you want to eat.
0: Oh yeah, completely agreed. I mean, I I have dealt with this a number of times, right? I mean, we just dealt with this one time where we worked with this lender for you know six to nine months, um, and come to find out at the end of the day, right? It was the first time we were going to do a loan with them. They're you know a big regional bank, and and come to find out you know, we just, we just weren't compatible at the end of the day is really what happened, right? It's, it wasn't necessarily anybody's fault, right? Like I was a little frustrated, had some conversations with, with the particular, you know, uh, people I was interfacing with at that, at that lender. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, they just didn't cater to who we are and what we needed and we didn't fit their box. Right. And so it just sort of, fell out. It was almost like we were trying to force it. And all of a sudden you start making a pivot and you find another lender, you know, who might have the exact same terms. And it's like, oh yes, absolutely. Like this is perfect. Right. Cause, cause we're compatible with each other. And I love that you say that. Cause that's really important. It's not, uh, people start, especially as you get into more and more commercial lending, uh, people kind of look at car loans, I feel like, right. And they're like, Hey, a car loan is a car loan is a car loan, right? Like you know, you might have a little variable at an interest rate, but they're essentially all the same. And as you get more into the commercial space and to larger loans, it's not that way, right? There is negotiation, there's back and forth, there's, there's understanding of, of what's needed, what's not needed. I mean, it, it becomes much more um, of, a, of a negotiation versus just a transaction, like purchasing a stock on E-Trade, where you press it and out comes an answer.
1: One of the reasons I like what we do so much in our business model is I look at us as an aggregator for the credit union industry. And you know there's probably about 12 companies like me spread throughout the country. And many credit unions will or lend on a regional basis. They're much more community type lenders. Maybe it's a state, maybe it's only one metro area real estate investors have business all over. You're not Mm -hmm. just tied to one area. So last year, one of our uh, good real estate investors in Pittsburgh was buying a $14 million property in Florida. We turned and we facilitated the whole thing and transferred it to our credit union in Florida. And they got their loan without ever having to go and meet somebody because we have these different relationships throughout. You know, and I don't have credit unions in Montana, but we have friendly relationships with people who do. And we simply help you out get and matching up with a credit union that's a good fit for you. So, so we we really try to bring this industry. Uh, you know, there's over 5000 credit unions in America, N- nobody has time to go and knock on doors of all these people. <laughs> but but we try to help bring that a little bit easier for somebody who's a fit for you with the lending you want to do
0: in the markets that you want to. Love it. Love it. Well, Mark, I kind of want to turn and, and talk about the elephant in the room with lending right now, right? The Fed just announced all these um, interest rate hikes. Uh, we're dealing with inflation, we're seeing, you know, at the time that we're recording this, we're dealing with, uh, right, the war between Russia and Ukraine and what's happening there. How, how do you see, what do you, where do you see the lending uh, going in the near future, right? I mean, where, where are we headed on the lending side?
1: Sure.
0: I see two big factors out there. The first that I look at
1: is the American job market in the American the American economy? And to me, I, if people have jobs, costs may go up, but generally they're going they're going to pay that rent of theirs. Uh, if it's in the multifamily, if if I see unemployment start to trend around that's where I'm going to get very worried for real estate investors. And as you know, there's a lot of jobs open at where, where, where I don't see that turning around anytime soon. So the, the other factor that I look at now is migration. And when I say migration, uh, you're in Utah. Have you heard of anybody moving from California to Utah lately? (laughs) We got billboards about it out here in Utah. So if I owned a a retail and office building in downtown Los Angeles, I'm going to dig into it and be a little more nervous than the apartment building in Salt Lake City. Because what we're really, and we're seeing the work from home flatten out the American economy of people who needed to work in Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, New York, Boston. Now they can simply move somewhere to a secondary market or a third, they can move out. As long as you have good internet access, a lot of people can work from anywhere. (laughs) So we're really seeing this flattening out and people are moving much faster than real estate can be built. Yep. So, and and that's probably what you're seeing in your local marketplace, and what I see here in the different marketplaces in the along the East Coast, people move. Uh, be, they didn't switch jobs; they just simply moved where they are. Now, those people who moved from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City they need doctors to go to, they need offices to go to, they need services, they need grocery stores. So you're seeing this flattening out and leveling between the boom cities and the other markets in America. Now, when it comes to the lending environment, what you're going to see, you're gonna see rates go up, period. You can't sustain this inflationary period without rates going up. Is it going to completely mess up your transactions and deals? Depends how tight it is. (laughs) Now, and this is where it's very important to understand where your lenders are getting their money from. For lenders who are highly leveraged and borrowing a lot of their money, when rates go up, rates go up immediately. But for credit unions and other lenders that are lending with their own base of funds, even a lot of community banks are still lending with their base of deposits, they're going to have a lot more slower, gradual, they they don't increase their entire uh, depository structure by 25 to 50 basis points overnight. But if you're borrowing your money from Wall Street, it did. So this is where understanding those terms behind the conditions. Uh, do you have callable notes? Do you have uh, loans that you, that are variable loans and are going to get jacked up? So a lot of us love to have 15 minute loan closings where we just sign a stack of documents. Now it's important to pull those out and read those documents to see what those terms are of your loan and what it's gonna look like when it resets in a year or two because you just locked in a couple years ago on a low rate. But we really see, you know, obviously inflation, uh, it, it, you know, the, the, the fix for high costs and inflation is high costs um, because you'll eventually you reach the point where the price of gas settles down, the price of other things settle down. As I mentioned, the, well, our outlook is job. We, we, we're going to look at the properties in that marketplace. We're going to look at the unemployment rates. We're going to look at people's income and sources, and that cash of the local economy and the local citizens
0: will pay back the loans many of times. But there are certainly some pockets to be worried about. I think that's I think that's really interesting, and I love how you just were very blunt about it, right? Interest rates are going up. I've, i I ask a lot of different, you know, mortgage bankers and mortgage brokers about this, right? And everyone's you can always tell the ones who, who are trying to get the sell, right? Because it's kind of waffling. It's like, oh well, like maybe if this and this and this and this, this happened. Yeah, we'll you know, we'll see. So I love how straightforward you are, right? Interest rates are going up, um, which is gonna have an effect on real estate, right? I mean, that's you're gonna see. We've had these crazy high in some of these areas, we've had crazy high. Um, inflation on the assets, right? The assets that, you know, maybe were worth 20 million, we're now finding are worth 30 million. But interest rates are definitely one of the factors that play into what the market value of that asset is, right? Because you can only sell an asset for what somebody can buy it for. I mean, that is market value. And if 95% of the people are going to put a loan on that, right there's a restriction based on what the debt service coverage ratios are and these other metrics that are going to force that price to be at a certain level and so really interesting i'm a lender
1: my biggest concern my in my business i give my product away and then my job is to get it back and Many lender, many real estate investors today, many times they're looking at the value of the property, but really do that second analysis of what is, how, what is the repayment of my assets. If it's the local economy and local jobs and your unemployment rate is 3%, the reason those prices went up is because your local people have more money. So it's go, that, that's a good move. If you're in an area where, uh, the local, uh, where maybe that factory is going to close because of some inflationary pressures and pressures from China or they can't get the supplies in, that's when you have to be concerned. But that's very rare in America today. So really, if you're listening to this, look, look at your local business and, who, and
0: your people and how are you getting paid back? Fantastic. Yeah, I, I uh, often tell uh, anybody who I start bringing on to help me uh, getting I could, you know, because I run a lot of uh, getting the construction loans for our projects. And the first thing I tell everybody who kind of comes in the circle, I said, Okay, look, when you're talking with a lender, there's one thing you need to understand. And it's the most important thing. A lender doesn't care about anything. They have one goal, right? And it's they want to know that they're going to get their money back, right? So everything that we do going forward is to help give them confidence that they are gonna get their money back, right? That's that's what they care about. They're if they were trying to hit home runs, they wouldn't be in the lending business, right? They'd be out there uh, doing equity investments into you know these speculative properties. But that's not what they're doing. They want their money back, and uh, and so that's honestly, it's like the first thing I tell every single person who starts helping me with a construction loan. Great advice. <laughs> All right, Mark, well, we're going to start wrapping things up here, Uh, but we have two questions we ask every single person who comes on to the show. Uh, So first question, Mark, what is the best business advice that you were ever given?
1: Football coaches invariably give the best life advice. And the best advice that I've ever been given is every day you either get better or worse, but you never stay the same. And it's really focused me in my life, personal life and business life, just to work on incremental improvements and every day getting slightly better, getting your organization slightly better. And over the long run, you come out significantly ahead than just trying to hit a home run every day. Uh, just work on that incremental improvement and you come out much, much ahead.
0: I love it. I think that's fantastic. and I. Uh, I, you know, I actually was really impressed. I was just interviewing a, a candidate for an open position here. And one of the things that he said is, he said, I am probably the most consistent person in the world. He's like, I would put myself up against anybody. And I, you know, there's a lot of respect to that. And I think it goes right along with what you were just saying, right, is, hey, doing the small things day in. Day out to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. I think it's phenomenal. Great advice. Uh, Next question Mark, what real estate investing advice would you give other business owners or business executives? If you can't understand the, the
1: business and the cash flow and the deal, walk away. Stick with what you know just because there's a lot of people out there pumping a lot of things but make sure you understand it and and you can look at yourself if the deal goes great and if the deal goes bad, as opposed to some of these wacky schemes out there that you really don't (laughs) understand, but it seems like a good story.
0: I think that's fantastic, right? I mean, I I believe it was Warren Buffett, right, who kind of made the phrase famous, invest in what you know, And real estate investing is no different. I I oftentimes give the people advice. Hey, if you want to get into something new, that's fine. But make sure you be willing to give up something to partner with somebody who knows what they're doing in that space. So I think that's phenomenal. Mark, well, thank you for joining the show. As we kind of wrap up, I just want to give you the opportunity. How can people get in touch with you? Sure. The easiest way if to, to get in touch with me
1: on all the different uh, items that we have going on for real estate and small business is Mark Ritter, M-A-R-K-R-I-T-T-E-R.com. And you can connect with me right on there and we'll get you set up with a, a local
0: credit union. I love it. I love it. Well, anybody who's interested in investing in real estate, these credit unions are a great option to really make that jump, start getting invested in real estate or continue your portfolio if you're already invested. Mark, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you coming on and everyone will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Executive Real Estate Investing Show. Ready to learn more? Go to executivereishow.com for more episodes and resources to help you create generational wealth through real estate investing. That's executivereishow.com.